0: the artist life podcast is brought to you by real creative heart heavy the head that reps the crown with love your greatness is found so rep your crown
1: live from greensboro north carolina art is life <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Art is Life podcast with your host Russell C. Holt, where we sit down with artists from all career fields and we discuss their perspectives on their art and what it means to them in life. So sit back, have fun, and enjoy the ride. thank you for joining me on another episode of art is life I'm your host Russell C Holt and I am joined today in Greensboro North Carolina yet again Uh, I am currently finishing up my MFA in acting and I had the pleasure of meeting and working with this guy right here last semester uh, in in his first semester Um, he was my movement teacher um, I learned a lot in that one semester than I had in my entire acting before that which wasn't (laughs) that much to begin with (laughs) but um, yes so um, I have a a great uh, friend mentor teacher with me right now Um, and I got to learn like mime and mask work uh, stuff that I never was exposed to and didn't think I would be exposed to, but I was grateful to be exposed to it and I am better for it. And it's all because of this guy right here. Um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my man. Roby Martinez,
1: is it? Yes? Is <laughs> I know, it's confusing. <laughs> Roby, my baby. Got Roby. Roby. Roby, yeah. Yes. So, Roby Arce Martinez. Yes. Uh, I use both of my parents' last names. Okay. That's why, you know, in the U.S., I've encountered that a lot of people just get confused because they think that the middle one is my my middle name. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, happy to be here uh, and joining us. Uh, yes, uh, appreciate uh, it, appreciate it.
0: today, yeah. Um so yeah we were talking a little bit before but um if you want to just talk to the audience to tell us um one what do you consider yourself as far as an artist actually let, let's back up let, how did you come about being an artist and then we can go into what you consider yourself first
1: and foremost <laughs> Well you know um I do a lot of things but uh, to to go to the beginning uh, I started doing a mime at church when I was a teenager mm-hmm. maybe I don't know 13 14. Mm-hmm. And I got very into it. Um I got into the theater group in 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 school and in, in in church and I realized that I had a lot of uh potential and talent like I've heard pr- from people giving me feedback and you know, I did what I thought was mime. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, what a lot of us uh, learn from what we see in churches and whatever. So eventually, when I was around 15, I decided to, do, to go to this school to get certified mm-hmm. on the technique of, of mime, which was classical mime based on uh, Marcel Marceau technique. So I went there for two years the church basically helped me pay for it i mm-hmm. had to uh wash the 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 bus <laughs> the <laughs> church bus so you know, manual labor yeah, <laughs> <laughs> manual labor at <laughs> <and> church <laughs> um but you know i've earned it i've earned it and they they cover for uh that first year of of me uh Studying there and then I started when once I got there I toured I went to Mexico to Perform in in the state of uh, Veracruz in Jalapa mm-hmm. and then I went uh, We made a trip to Orlando, Florida and you know in Orlando There's a lot of Puerto Rican. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of connections over there And then eventually when I went to college I went to college to study um, wildlife management <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wildlife management. What, what made you? What got you into that? Ah,
1: interesting because in schools, you know, when when you have a good GPA, they they always try to push you to oh go to uh, study science, be an architect, mm-hmm. uh, be a lawyer, and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love animals, I love nature, so I I was like, I'm just gonna give it a shot because the fear of not. You know, if you go to theater, you do the arts. You're gonna starve. You're not gonna have money, mm-hmm. la la. So I did that, and mm-hmm. then on my first semester, I was miserable. <laughs> After I I experienced going to labs and being three hours in a lab, I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. And while while I was there, I was doing the mime training and meeting other people. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a leap of faith. And mm-hmm. then I moved to drama. I did my bachelor's in theater, uh, BA in drama mm-hmm. from the University of Puerto Rico. That's where I'm from.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, my best friend is Puerto Rican, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout out to you, Jose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Saludos, Jose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I graduated from there. And then my work was very based on physicality. Mm-hmm. To, from from the very beginnings of, of my career, so when I went to college, I I tried to capitalize on that, mm-hmm. and when I went to my movement classes, you know the professors saw that I had a technique mm-hmm. that they didn't have because we had some mime training there, but it wasn't it wasn't as precise right. as where and, I studied.
0: Because yeah, yeah. you like certified and stuff like. This. So is the yeah to be is that like the. the like the end-all, be all, like the main um, place to study for MIME, is what you did? In the, Puerto
1: Rico, yeah. yes. That was the only okay. Okay. school. Okay. The only school that had a program that was like that. We mm-hmm. went there every Saturday from 9 to 5. Okay. <laughs> we were there all day training, and um, it was great. Like, I, I, I learned so many tools, and what I love about MIME was that I didn't need— I didn't had the need to rely on the word. Right. So anywhere we went, we could go to China and people should understand what we're doing mm-hmm. because it's a universal language. There's mm-hmm. a st- style that um, people recognize. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that Starting from there, it opened a lot of doors for me in terms of work in Puerto Rico, because not a lot of people had that training. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do some commercials, some uh, plays, uh, work in some festivals. Mm -hmm. Then eventually, I went to do my master's in physical theater, ensemble-based physical theater. Mm -hmm. And yeah, most of my career, I've done theater. Uh, I've done circus. I'm a mask maker. It's, it's been part of my training, um, and and now I'm teaching here at, at UNCG, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, this is a new stage of, of life where I'm learning and, and loving what I'm doing.
0: Nice, nice. Did you make those, or those are just like...
1: No, so those, I bought that one in Bali. Okay. Uh-huh. And I think, oh, I think I, I have my Bali mask right here. So this is the mask I made okay. in Bali. Nice and is that um, made out of wood or? it's made out of wood yeah okay, nice Uh so my mask carving teacher he made he made that one over, over there okay and this is the one that i that i made when i was there uh, how long did that take to Oof, it, it, it this you know it's is quite a thing and it's kind of like a spiritual process because mm-hmm. once you go there you learn the culture and making masks is not the same as in the u.s it's it's uh it's a conversation that has to do with energy mm-hmm. and you know when you're creating a mask you're you're putting your mind into it but there is a process of the energy of the masks too mm-hmm. starting from a block that is square. Right. <laughs> and you know, starting to carve. It's it's kind of like a, a reflective practice, but over there it's very the mask work is very it's very connected to the religion. And okay. religion over there doesn't feel like religion because it's part of their right. lives it's every day. Like, yeah, it's it's like normal.
0: Yeah, it's not like diffuse, or it's not um, tainted or covered with all like the judgment and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Like in other in most in most religions, at least in America, when it comes to um, stuff like that, it's just physically in you, spiritually. You know, you honor their beliefs just like they mm-hmm. would honor yours. With you know
1: what will that's that's a story for another,
0: <laughs> another day yeah. but
1: going back to the question like if you know I do many things but it's it's always hard for me to decide like what is the specific thing that I consider myself I I've been enjoying directing mm-hmm. a lot I like I feel like I'm so passionate when I'm when I'm directing because I'm also connecting with so many things mm-hmm. but also the actors are so we're having this collective learning experience Mm -hmm. um, that i'm enjoying um and also the collaboration aspect of it now um if i were to decide i'm also an actor and performer but if i get to choose oh i will say
0: you don't even have to choose. It was more of a trick question. as Yeah, I was, yeah. So because, I'll consider
1: myself a theater maker, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: because it's, it's, the, the, the idea is just you're an artist yes. at the end of the day. So, <laughs> you yes. know, I just wanted to see, you know, um, what you would consider yourself. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all art. Um, yeah. No matter how you look at it, um, you're, you're an artist in many forms. of many. You're a man of many gifts and talents. So... I would just, you know, stick with that. But but um but since you mentioned your know, theater performance stuff like that, um in mime work and how does the mime work influence your theater performing
1: going like when you're mm-hmm.
0: performing as well as when you're directing?
1: Um having a sense of the three-dimensional world that mm-hmm. the character is living in. Mm-hmm. Um you know what what people call enacting the imma- imag imaginary circumstances mm-hmm. uh, that you're in. It kind of gave me that sense because since in mime you're working with the invisible invisible space, mm-hmm. you have to literally imagine that if there's a table like three feet three feet away from you. You need to understand that that's going to be there. And once you specify that that table is there, the audience will know that will accept it. Mm-hmm. And if you all of a sudden forget about that and just walk and break the illusion that you already made, mm-hmm. then you sabotage your own work. Right. right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of specificity, mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing that I, that I've learned from mime and that I carry in my pr- practice till this day. Um, so i try to I try to encourage my students to live in that place, and it's hard yeah it's and like I've seen that I, it's...
0: I will attest to that it is,
1: hard <laughs> it is really to hard like keep
0: that that focus and you know and then when you do something else and then remember that something like how did is that something that can be mastered or is it something you you still are continuing to work on like how do you you know or what how long did did it take for you to get to a place where you were confident enough to at least have you know a sense right and and make people you know believe the same sense
1: you know it depends because each person is different and like I've been very imaginative since I'm a kid Mm -hmm. and you know I've enjoyed like playing things creating characters and all that and it's kind of part of me but once I went to mime school it was very detailed mm-hmm. and the fact that you are creating a world and that you need to commit to it was it's it's super fundamental mm-hmm. uh, because again you don't have that in a in a theater play a realistic play you have a you have things you have a couch so they're there right right and you kind of develop a kinesthetic awareness a little bit with things that are there but once you set a ground like a playing ground, like a playing field, mm-hmm. you need to know where are the where are the lines, where are the outside lines, like in you know, a basketball court, right, right. Um, because again, people need to believe that. But in terms of mastering, it takes a while. Yeah. It takes a while. Um, I think that that those two years where I trained, it was it was that school um, of doing, and also putting the work out there and getting feedback from the audience as you go, because mm-hmm. you kind of base your your work on the reactions of the audience. Mm-hmm. So for me, you're an actor that needs to pay attention not only to the place that you're setting, that you're in, mm-hmm. but also having in consideration the audience, their reaction. So how can I capitalize on their reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And bounce from that. So we're having more a conversation that is three-dimensional right because the play is three-dimensional the the characters is three-dimensional you as a person are you are three-dimensional so it doesn't mean that when you go to stage you need to let go of all of that Mm -hmm. um it means that you need to um put the focus on that and and commit to it all the way right so it's just yeah it's about
0: Focusing and like because it's kind of similar to what I've been told as far as acting is concerned It's about the level of focus and attention you have on a specific thing Mm -hmm. Um, How long can you do what you are doing? Um, And it's just like it's you know, you can go through like anything pretty much It's all Mm -hmm. about a level of attention and focus on what you are doing and how long can you keep that
1: focus? Yeah. And, you know, that simple task, you can do it in so many ways, right? Mm-hmm. But each of them gives you information. Like if, and I keep telling, you know, I always tell you all the students, you know, when you, when you pick up a cup, does it have water in it? Does it? If it has, then it has some weight into mm-hmm. it. And sometimes when you're performing in a show, a realistic show, sometimes you have props Mm -hmm. that might not be heavy, but in real life they are. Right, yeah, yeah. So having in consideration those little details is just saying so much for the audience to believe because at the end of the day, you want to be real and you want to be believable.
0: Right. Now, uh, what my work is, is that something that is popular still like around the world or is it in like specific places that's a just, great question <laughs> you know, or is it just americans are just blind to,
1: <laughs>
0: to, to what's going on
1: you know they um, hmm mime has a long history right mm-hmm. and and in in some degrees we're all we all do some mime right because it's the imitation of nature mm-hmm. um but you know people like french i uh, like Tandy Cool, Marcel Marceau, even Polish.
0: Uh, also, I think it's I think it's something to mention that mm. when it comes to mime, it doesn't necessarily have to because when you think of mime, you think of just like the white face, yeah. the black <laughs> with the the black uh, black and white, you yeah. know, stripes and stuff like that. But it's deeper than that. Like you can, mm-hmm. I'm sure, I'm sure, like even in comedy stuff or just in in certain shows now, I'm sure there's some mime work done. And then like. For those of you, you probably the as far as in America is probably the most known person that has done mime work is Charlie Chaplin. Would that would that be like
1: Charlie the Chaplin? Most
0: more famous one that we people would know.
1: Yeah, I mean Charlie Chaplin. Yes, uh, he he had that, and and like he, he uses his characters to, to make movies. Now mm-hmm. Marcel Marceau learned a lot from Chaplin too, mm-hmm. so he was the one who popularized or uh, made mime Mimor, commercial
0: mainstream, Main, mainstream. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah mainstream because before him his teacher was very private it was almost like a cult okay. they used to they used to perform in private spaces where some people were allowed some people were not mm-hmm. so they they were there was a lot le- elitism in in there mm-hmm. but marcel marceau what did what he did was he started with with them with the tindy crew and then he left and then he popularized it, and he created this, that white face with a black line and the outsides. Um, you know, we oh, had great. we had some of that before with French so, comedy.
0: So he was the one that originated the black and the white. No, stuff? no, or, no. Or he was. Oh, he just made it more.
1: Yeah, he made he commercialized oh, okay. it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. But before that, in Europe, in France, during the French comedy era, it started from this guy who had to do a ghost character and suddenly he took a uh, white um, powder and he powdered his face. Okay. And then from there, people started copying and then, and then that evolved into the Pierrot mm-hmm. character from the comedy that has the the white face. So since then, it's been a tradition. Now, if we go to our days right now, that's not, that's not an important thing. Right. It's more about the physical work. Mm-hmm. And there you have people like the umbilical brothers um uh what else uh michelle that's a guy from canada mm-hmm. that they, they the work that they do is no makeup it's mm-hmm. mostly costumes and just the physicality is everything mm-hmm. so you see the character
0: would jim carrey be uh, someone that
1: yeah totally yeah. i think so um i don't know if he has a per se like a formal training in the technique but mm-hmm
0: he's definitely he's a natural exhib- yeah exhibiting some stuff and then like we were talking about well no in one of my classes we were talking about how even michael jackson had took yeah. in some stuff from marcel yeah marcel yeah. Mosso. like the moon the, the whole moonwalk. moonwalk thing that yeah he, yeah he wasn't
1: an original for that new
0: <laughs> splash guys
1: yeah the moonwalk <laughs> is a mix of, of of two of the three walks that marcel used to teach mm-hmm. um and yeah, he he worked with him. Yeah. And then eventually he created those shoes to to the balance okay. of course.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah. um what got you into the teaching aspect of it?
1: Yeah, so in Puerto Rico after I finished that school, they asked me to teach. Okay. And I was like maybe the only one from from my class who they asked if we if i wanted to come back and continue to teach mm-hmm. and i said yes <laughs> right yeah. because i love it so much that for me it's, i'm having fun mm-hmm. and also i've learned as i as i did that that uh that i love the impact that you create on students mm-hmm. and since then that's where everything started yeah and then eventually when i graduated from college i went to work in party city <laughs> Party city. is that where the masks come in no <laughs> that was a facet <laughs> that was a phase that was a phase for life but after I got that job I applied for a private high school Okay. and they hired me to teach after school programs mm-hmm. and they loved me after that first semester and then they hired me full time so I was a high school theater teacher for four years and a half
0: was that in Puerto Rico in Puerto still? Rico okay
1: yeah, and then I decided to quit because I've been wanting to do a master's for a while, and uh, one day I invited the the touring company from my from my alma mater, <laughs> the University of Puerto Rico, to perform at my school mm-hmm. that I was teaching, and my directing professor he was there, mm-hmm. and I told him, well, I'm here, you know, I'm teaching, I love it, but I kind of want to do a master's, but I want to save money, and he's like you want to save money (laughs) (laughs) if you because i was scared of going into a loan Mm -hmm. right and you know i'm i i was i've never been a a wealthy person i've been in the lower aspect of things i didn't have money so he was like look if you want to do a master's if you really want to do it you eventually have to do uh uh, take a loan and and just go for it and Mm -hmm. at the end life will take care of, of that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> so i took that at heart and then i quit my job and then i applied for this uh delarte school of physical theater mm-hmm. and i was accepted in the mfa program nice.
0: and where where is that in um,
1: that's in blue lake uh california that's okay. in northern california nice, nice. Mm-hmm. so
0: now this was this your first time in the states Mm.
1: No, because my dad my dad uh lived in New York all his life. Okay. So I used okay. to go every summer to New oh, York. Oh that's
0: why you're a Mets fan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Mets fan, you know. Um so yeah, and my like I have a lot of family in New York. Most okay. of my family from my dad's side is there mm-hmm. and a few from my mom's side. So I still go there. My sister lives there. So there we have a lot of roots mm-hmm. in New York.
0: So after you're doing the mime school and then doing going from uh, Puerto Rico University of Puerto Rico and then going to Del Arte School in California. Um, what were there similarities, duality, or differences between the mime work and stuff compared to what you learned at, uh, at Del, Del Arte. Arte? Yeah.
1: Yes, there there were because so when I get there, there wasn't. There wasn't a specific mime training there. Okay. Oh, yeah. The training there was mostly um, in mask, and commedia dell'arte, melodrama, tragedy. Yeah. We did some viewpoints. Uh, we did storytelling, um, and then we did we toured a show, and then eventually we went to Bali for for a month. But you know there was some mime work that we did, but it was very minimal. Because I think they, they were the focus of the school by that time. I don't know if it, it has changed now because, you know, pandemic has changed everything. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, a lot of the work was based on the organic mm-hmm. and and influenced by the forces of nature. So the school was very precisely established in blue lake because it's a rural town in beautiful northern california where you don't have a lot of distractions you're Mm -hmm. close to the ocean you have the rivers Mm yeah you uh, you are close to the redwoods so it was it was it was a beautiful experience to me not only artistically but spiritually Mm -hmm. um connecting with that Mm -hmm. connecting with with the ocean I'm from an island so the ocean is like a big thing but experiencing the Pacific Ocean is different. It's, it's like this powerful and, and amazing yeah. force. <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember yeah, cause when I was in LA we went to we played beach volleyball sometimes and like on the beach i'm pretty sure i saw dolphins flip either <laughs> dolphins or sharks one of them one of them <laughs> were swimming and either way i wasn't in the water so yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah it's something different coming from like for me at least coming from the east coast up north where wow. i'm from A you know the water is lake oh yeah <laughs> um, so going to you know definitely different and so yeah mm-hmm. so like the more than it was more nature based more influenced by yeah. the surroundings
1: and stuff like mm-hmm. that influenced by nature also it's, it was very ensemble based but so i think that they were they didn't want the students to stick to a technique and i understand that and i i was grateful by that time mm-hmm. because i already had the mime training right, right, right? right. and I, i've learned that Sometimes you get so stick to a technique that you get stuck in it. Mm -hmm. And I I have many mime friends that they're very stylized with their movements and all that. And when they have to perform in a realism play, it's hard for them to get out of that Mm -hmm. because they get they they use that as the norm. Right. Um, So, you know, it's a different style, but it was interesting to me studying after I started acting simultaneously with mine how to marry both of them Mm -hmm. and and see where this one connects with the other one or where in 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 many parts you can use more one than the other but in a way they inform each other
0: yeah uh to piggyback off of that it is important to i think as an artist, an actor, is to, you know, constantly evolve and open, you know, keep your mind open and just learn th- new things. Mm-hmm. And um, a term that was said to us in our training is it's about, like, layering on things, not mm-hmm. necessarily taking things and, like, just taking that and then, like, encompassing that. Just, like, taking what, what you learn from there, layer, layering mm-hmm. it on top of something else that you learn, layering and yeah. layering it. And continue to layer things, and then whatever based on the project, based on what you're doing, you know, you use what you've learned, and you know, interweave them to create. Um, but some people, um, especially when it comes to the acting techniques, because um, everything's like Stanislavski based, mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, got to do this, and it's, it's this or nothing <laughs> this type way. deal, and it's <laughs> like, no. Because acting and, and just art in general is so one, it's subjective. Two, it's just not a cookie cutter thing, and it's not a one way street.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. It's. And I think. Pretty much, this is probably the only. Uh, field where. You can. There's so many options that you yeah. you have. And you can do whatever to create something and. You can constantly create new things, and people are constantly creating new things. And it could be good as well as bad, yeah. depending on, you know, and the you situation. And you can try them all, right? Yeah. And
1: and, and like, this is what I tell my students. you like, I teach these techniques, but then you make out of them whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to stuck to one thing. You can try things. That's why the focus of my classes is very heavy on... Performing and having feedback, mm-hmm. but feedback that starts from a place of seeing, not having opinions about right, the right, work. Right. Because at the end of the day, what you want as an actor, or as a performer, is to have feedback that will catapult you to something new, instead of I like that, I didn't like that, and you're just you don't have anything there. Yeah, <laughs> for, yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah, being more non-judgmental and mm-hmm. really articulating what you are visualizing as opposed to what you think you should be saying or what you feel is good and mm. based on what you see
1: yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> that's it, something
0: i'm working on for yeah. sure <laughs>
1: and it's it's such a it's such an interesting and beautiful thing yeah like i my wish you know i am having these conversations with my students all the time that when you're doing this type of work of acting, you're working with emotions and you're working with many things and also you're working with your own trauma. Mm-hmm. So you're having a conversation with the medium, which is acting. And at the same time, you're connecting with things that has to do with life. So you're trying to understand life in a way mm-hmm. when you perform.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because in one of my one of my classes um, it was something that was constantly reinforced for me that I you know I've been told multiple times about it as far as like knowing what you're saying or what you want what your objectives are or mm-hmm. what you and when you really are in tune with that and really focused on that goal the emotions and stuff will come yes. like, because when you're like fully invested and connected to mm-hmm. what you're saying and who you're saying it to and or, or what you're doing to get that from them, you don't have to worry about thinking about, you know, the stuff and thinking about. Yeah. Should I, I should be mad or angry, crying or something like that? But because you're gonna be, those emotions are gonna ri- arise anyway because of what you're saying, and 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 it's true for life and in overall yeah. life. Like when you're like really like you've seen like how, we, how we, mm-hmm. like we're talking about stuff like certain things like that you're fully connected to. You it's just gonna come naturally so you don't have to overthink it as much as people make make you think that you have to overthink
1: correct (laughs) because you're making connections with your own self too so empathy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's why I think if 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 you're not empathetic when being an actor I don't know if you can be successful a successful real and honest actor because Mm -hmm it's about that how do I connect with this person that I don't know I mean that I'm learning to know as I'm investigating their time and their their, their circumstances their social circumstances um, and those are the conversations that we need to have because I was sending this to somebody yesterday that's why because we don't have these conversations in society mm-hmm. that's why we have racism xenophobia and homophobia all of these phobias because you don't you don't put yourselves in the shoes of the other person mm-hmm. you or you're not trying to understand the other person right. so you know as an actor I think that is key that you need to be empathetic mm-hmm. to to be real right
0: And most situations in those terms are generally from a place of either love or lack there of that love mm-hmm. so Or the lack of being seen or or, you know or not or or being seen being seen and or not being seen Um, so yeah it's just yeah just trying to yeah put yourself in other people's shoes and really think about like really understand where people cuz it's so easy to put judgments on others yeah because you based on your feelings And that's a tricky thing too when it comes to feelings because like sometimes you know feelings are not (laughs) (laughs) feelings are not facts uh-huh yeah so so, yeah um
1: yeah 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 you know when (laughs) when you're in stage some people try to approach the work from there from oh i'm having an emotion i'm having an emotion Mm -hmm. and suddenly you see them cry and feel whatever they're feeling but the audience is not feeling anything. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, in a way I see that as you're just doing something that is very personal to yourself Mm -hmm. that you can do to yourself and you're enjoying it probably, but nobody else is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. It's all about, Oh yeah. It's all about just being vulnerable, just opening up and just allowing yourself Mm -hmm. to be affected in whatever way that may be. you know, it, you don't. It, there's no right or wrong answer on how you're supposed to react. Mm-hmm. At least from you know, from an audience perspective, you, you just have to be open to receiving what you're getting and not having those judgment blinders on and stuff like that.
1: It's a journey, you know. Yeah. Um, being vulnerable, it's hard because society, right? You have to wear so many masks to. To try to survive, yeah. or try to to make it, or try to achieve your goals, you know, because of the social hierarchy that that we have mm-hmm. in society. Um, so yeah, it's it's a journey. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of the journey, um, what keeps you going on this journey? Like, what what, what is your um,
1: reasoning behind my drive? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> man in, impacting people's life mm-hmm. in a positive way that's why I wake up every morning and and that's why I love teaching you know I wake up every morning even though I'm tired <laughs> and exhausted and maybe stressed by many things that I need to do but the fact that I can come into a room and and share
0: mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I just want to (laughs) that that triggers something too for me because when you say getting up, you don't feel like getting up and stuff like that. Because I feel I think your biggest enemy is always yourself. Your biggest critic is yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's a constant battle between your mindset. You know, like how you feel versus what the you know what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. Um, And I had had this thought uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, you know, wrote it down in my journal, and it's always gonna—it's that constant fight between, you know, you know the mindset, and and it goes back to acting like, with, as far as like the stakes, like raising the stakes and stuff like that. You're constant; you're in constant battle with yourself, as opposed, you know, when it comes to like getting up, you know, getting up early. You know, that's the that's the most um mm-hmm. recognizable the most that people can relate to relatable thing that people can relate to is because i'm pretty sure most people don't like getting up early <laughs> um i tend to got i've gotten used to it well i had gotten used to it now i'm trying to get back into the swing of things mm. But it comes down to what your why is like yeah. why are you getting up like yeah. if your why is stronger than you s- sitting laying in bed for an extra 15 minutes or so which at the end of the day when you think about it doesn't even benefit you to to lay in the bed long you know because <laughs> i've had many of times like oh i'm I, oh i don't have to get up you know or you know, I'll just lay back down, and I'm, you know, I'm still. It's a constant battle every yeah. all the time, and but but when you like shift that mindset and and really think about why you have to get up or what's mm-hmm. bigger than you laying in the bed, and also realizing that that extra 15 minutes or 20 minutes half hour didn't do you any better yeah. than what you, and then if once you get up, like once you get up and start moving, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So and I think that is something that equates to you know acting like it's always something like what's your why what are the stakes pretty much raising Correct. the stakes yeah. on your life and stuff like that so meaning yeah
1: meaning yeah. meaning man it's <clears throat> I always tell people you know and, and sometimes with my classes I the first day I ask them why are you here mm-hmm. because I want them to have a goal to look towards and like what is that goal mm mm-hmm. You know, because and I ask that because the this industry of performing could be very fake. And and by that I mean that a lot of people are in it because of the fame Mm -hmm. or because I want to be known. Mm -hmm. And if that's your drive, you know, I respect that. But from my from my point of view, from my perspective it's that is very dangerous, right mm-hmm. because if you rely on that, if you rely on that all the time, then when you don't have it it's gonna it's gonna tear you down and that's why you know social media has been an interesting thing i just I have a love and super hate relationship <laughs> with social media um because again you see people there. And I've experienced this, and I'm assuming that you and many other people are listening to us have experienced this. That <laughs> yeah. you met, a, you've seen a lot of people on Instagram, and then when you meet them in person, it's like, wow, this is not a person that I that I've been seeing on right, right. on Instagram. So there's that other mask. Yeah, <laughs> there's that other mask. So with with my work, it's about masking. It's about being true, being real. So if you have a sense of Why are you here? Then, okay, let me see that through your work. Mm -hmm. Let me see you being here every day, you know, and and putting in the work. But sometimes it feels that people don't want to put in the work, (laughs) you know. And, yeah, at the end of the day, you want to enjoy what you're doing. You want to be happy. But I would assume that you want to be good on your craft because... What's your? I always ask, what's your calling? <laughs> right. Because your calling, once you recognize what's your calling, then you can wake up every morning and be like, I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like work because right. it's something. That... But
0: yeah, and I think that that's the thing too. Like, I because you had mentioned this in our class, and you know, with outside the influences, you know, mm-hmm. bills, you know yeah (laughs) COVID, you know just like so many outside things that constantly beat down beat you down you can lose that sense of enjoyment or love and fun for the and that was i'm assuming for most people whether you want fame or fortune or anything in um when it comes to performing I would assume you had to enjoy it or like it and thought it was fun to begin with, you know, (laughs) to like, even like pursue it. So yeah, yeah, you can lose that. And
1: especially when it has to do with the arts, right? Right, That, you know, it's so blurry. Mm -hmm. It's so the future always looks foggy. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's out there. You don't know what's, it's unstable, right? Mm -hmm. But you, in this type of work, you need that. You need that why because that's what's gonna drive you if you don't have that why you're gonna struggle you're gonna struggle a lot you're gonna face many things that that are gonna just deteriorate your spirit Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i think that equates to like sports too i think i feel like like athletes Mm -hmm. um you know they lose that that fun factor because it's so many outside things happen where yeah. you, you you got all this pressure on you. So it's just like mm-hmm. you're not even you're not even playing for fun anymore. You're playing because you've got to keep the lights on type going <laughs> And then it's like, or um, you know, then you don't want to put in in, or it's you know, you got to put in that extra work, and you're like, oh, I don't care to do mm-hmm. that because it's, <laughs> it's yeah. not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and you
1: and that's a great point. And I th- I'm thinking of Naomi Osaka right when mm-hmm. when she was. Struggling mm-hmm. to have these press conferences because you know she felt that she had to come in and give um, um, I don't know justify right, yeah. <laughs> how she she was doing and I think that it was very important that that she took that stand and that she voiced it too because it's a conversation right. that that we need to have especially during this time of a pandemic the mental health aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, yeah,
0: yeah it's important um yeah, so you had mentioned something uh, as far as like why are you here what you're calling your goals or whatever um not whatever, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but um your goals um when you're asking your students stuff like that so I'd like to ask you what what are your goals um going forward like what whats what what are you looking to achieve?
1: You know, I'm a, I'm a guy that lives the day by day and I try to listen to life mm-hmm. where it takes me. You know, I've been wanting to be a professor for many years and I've waited mm-hmm. a while mm-hmm. till it finally arrived and I'm grateful and I've been doing work, but I think that, you know, I, 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 I've always looked to challenge myself to grow and I want to be in places where I have that space, mm-hmm. where I can grow. And take it from there and see what, what life shows to me, reveals to me. Um, as a Latino man in the U.S., I've encountered that it's been quite an interesting journey when it has to do with finding places where you can grow. Because there are a lot of places that I that I've been... That, um, you know, sometimes it feels like, oh, we're going to make this, fill this checkbox to have somebody of color here. So, I've I've been feeling that the bar has always been set lower for me. Mm -hmm. And then when they see that I can, that I go over those, Mm -hmm. it's always this, oh my God, I didn't know you can do this, you can do that. And I'm like one of like backhand compliments. like oh you're you're good
0: for <laughs> for this or, so,
1: yeah, or, yeah or or be or seeing or experiencing that I'm very good at some specific things and it, it was like they didn't know it and right. I'm like first why did you hire me in the first place and mm-hmm. second I already told you this from the beginning why you didn't believe me and then you hire me anyways? right yeah <laughs>
0: and then you're surprised that I
1: fulfilled what I said I could do. Or <laughs> I excelled what I said, in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just so interesting here. But but to go go back to the to the question, I think that what I would like to accomplish in life, besides, you know, growing and like <clears throat> evolving as an artist and changing and not being stuck in things, for me my biggest reward is to see myself through my students. And by that I mean that their artistic dna has some dna from from what they learn in my classes and you know when i grow older and i'm an old man and i retired if, <laughs> if i get there <laughs> um that will be the most rewarding thing where i can see that i left a seed i i, I planted a seed and i'm seeing the the fruits of okay. it um and for me it's about it, everything is about legacy. Mm-hmm. What do you leave behind for others? And I learned a lot about this <clears throat> from the Day of the Dead, the Mexican Day mm-hmm. of the Dead mm-hmm. that it's about celebrating who you were in life right. instead of we're losing you, we're going to, you know, miss you and then we don't think of you anymore. Right. And you know sometimes we do of course but Yeah. But that celebration of what did you left behind here on earth for others to enjoy but also to pass forward yeah that's the most rewarding thing yeah
0: that's a that's a good
1: point on
0: just that as far as like the day of the dead thing because that's a constant that's a thing that they do every year celebrating you know the live the the lives of the dead and and coco is actually (laughs) a (laughs) nice representation of that Mm -hmm. um and, yeah, that's something that we don't do um, often in American society, at least in my circle, because um, I've had a lot of family you, um, family pass mm-hmm. at, at a young age, too, at that. And, you know, you have some people, you know, post up on Facebook and stuff like that, but it's not, the culture is not as strong like, like mm-hmm. it could be or should, you know. Like the day of the dead and stuff like that, but um, yeah, that's definitely something <laughs> to think about and try to do your best to be better about.
1: Um, yeah, like each second that you're breathing, right, you you you're here, and it's about presence, it's about being present and also sharing sharing what you have mm-hmm. with others. And that's, I think, it's the most, uh, is the biggest exchange that can, that exists. It's like for me when I go to another culture and learn about that, their to another country and learn about the culture. It's, I feel honored mm-hmm. that I'm experiencing that, and the same way you know goes from my side. Like I would like to share, you know, my my culture with you, right. and that exchange because. I think that's that's why we have so many problems too, because people don't want to share that, right. like in like territories and like now there is the the rumors of you know Russia and Ukraine and all these and like Palestine and and Israel. It's, it's about using your power in a negative way.
0: Yeah, I think also too, it's more like it. It's not about. They don't ask questions. They don't ask mm. the person what do they want, what do they think is best for them. They they assume yeah what's best for them based on how it's gonna benefit
1: them. And that's colonization right, right there. <laughs> um,
0: especially like you know, I mean, one thing is you know abortion, um, mm-hmm. the pro life thing. That's that's a yeah. whole thing. Um, it's like you're not asking. You're just like forcing your stance on someone. Without even considering or asking yeah. what they want, which is kind of I don't I don't I don't understand that <laughs> aspect of life. But um, but that's another <laughs> podcast right there too.
1: <laughs> but, we we created three episodes here. Yes. Those two are in the, uh, are rolling right
0: now. Um, do you have any um specific like? routine things do you do every day like in or like stuff that you do like as you like to to better your artistic
1: um prowess is that Mm. the word you know um i so i'm a mask maker i i try to stay busy doing manual work because when i'm doing stuff i'm reflecting Mm -hmm. and you know Since I got here, I haven't had a lot of time to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I've been doing a lot? What? Doing the dishes every (laughs) night.
0: (laughs) I'm sure your wife loves this. Oh, yeah. That's
1: my favorite thing. That's her favorite thing for sure. So that's a practice, Mm -hmm. a reflective practice that I use, and I'm... um, Decompressing. Yeah. At the end of the day, at night, I just turn one light close to the sink, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I start doing this, and it has become a ritual. Yeah. Before, you know, I used to do that, but now it feels like I, 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 had, I have to do it before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. So he- that's something, and also watching watching shows that are very provocative and that are imaginative that breaks with what we're used to. Those are shows that inspire me, mm-hmm. you know, the types of shows or movies. What's your top, top show,
0: top two or three shows and <laughs> movies that Ooh. you would recommend now to, for people to watch?
1: Whoa, 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 okay, 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 okay.
0: I'll make it easy, top Whoa. show or top two or three shows or movies that you would...
1: Okay, suggest. I would suggest that you watch movies from Michel Gondry. Mm-hmm. Um, I love surrealism, mm-hmm. and when you see he, his work, it's very surreal. He was the one who directed, and I always mention this because this is the peop, the ones that a lot of people know here in the U.S., which is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind with Jimmy Carrey and okay. Kate Winslet. okay. Um, his work is, has been always, since I, I, I was way younger, has been very inspiring. Um, of course, Guillermo del Toro.
0: Yes, Shape of Water, man, that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Pants, Night- Labyrinth.
0: And, and uh, Nightmare Alley, that, that was good.
1: hmm but... yeah. He's, he's bringing something soon, I saw. Uh, I think it's a, a new movie, it's, it's releasing. <laughs> um what else what else what else um if you want to listen to good music uh check out gustavo cerati that's c-e-r-a-t-i uh he's an uh was an argentinian musician Mm -hmm. and his work i've always found it's it's been a while he's dead he he died uh like maybe 10 or 15 years ago but his Mm -hmm. his he's his music work has been very, very interesting and inspiring, too. Um, Jordan Peele, <laughs> of course. Jordan Peele,
0: yeah, he's got a new one coming out. It's called Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Wonder what that's going to be about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen so many inspiring and, like, getting to know inspiring artists. Um, uh Childless Gambino and you know Atlanta work. Yeah, it's been so inspiring too.
0: Donald, man, what, what's going on? <laughs> We've been waiting for this Atlanta for like three years. <laughs> yeah,
1: <man>. it's, <laughs> it's coming, right? It's it's supposed,
0: yeah, we we'll waiting. Snowfall's about it's to start. Back
1: I haven't watched that one. I'm going to check that yeah, one out. Um, um but um. Yeah, I mean, from the top of my mind, that's what's. Yeah. But, but I'm sure. Look, I'm super bad with with these things. Every every time somebody asks me, I'm like, "Oh man, like I need to do a list. I need to do a list and and yeah. share it." And
0: there's so many movies that <laughs> I still have to watch that I, that are classics that I need that I haven't got a chance to watch yet. I like during my quarantine, um, a couple two weeks ago, I uh, I watched I binge watched the Rocky series. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was like they were pretty good though. I was like oh I was like, yeah. like these are pretty they're pretty dope. And and it makes more sense now like watching Creed and understanding that um, <laughs> that whole aspect. But
1: background? Yeah.
0: But uh yeah. So do, um do you have any advice for the young oh, also uh prior before we get to that Do you see yourself making film or like being in the film space have you been in the film space
1: you know i i want to do that Mm -hmm. i want to do that but it's been difficult for me i mean i just need to find an agent that's the thing and like it's been since i moved to the u.s it's been hard for me to find like where do i find them and Mm -hmm. like now that i moved to north carolina do i need an agent in this area or do i need somebody from outside of here so that extra work, I need to do it. But I do want to experiment with some film, and um, I'm looking forward to finding people that are doing maybe independent work closer to here and maybe start from there, right? Mm-hmm. Because film work, is, it's, another, it's another deal, right? right it's right. very different than theater. Yeah.
0: And that's yeah, that's another thing too. Like just with stunt work, stuff like yeah. that. Just Like you, like especially with your background, mm-hmm. yeah. You I especially...
1: want to do mo mo uh, motion capturing, uh, oh. mocap. That's something that I want that I've been wanting to do because again, I I, I'm very physical. Mm-hmm. I have mime training, and th- actually, there's somebody that's coming here soon, and she is uh she does this type of work. She's also a stunt woman and. That's somebody that I want to talk to. I'm looking forward to meet her when she comes. She's gonna yeah. visit uh, two of my classes, too. Um,
0: and for those who out there watching and listening, oh man, Roby is the is the truth. So if you know any agents out there, hook my hands up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I know y'all saw he did a little. He, lit, he did. He hit you <laughs> with a little bit of it. You know, man. I, I'm telling you, like when I, the first. When the first day of class, he did that little bit of stuff. Like, oh yeah, he he's he's real. He's, a, he's the real deal for sure. No cat. <laughs> no cat. But um, so yeah, so yeah, so any, any advice that you would have for any up and comers or people that are still like are in the business now, just you know, and maybe their light is dimming. You know, now yeah. they're losing that that fun-nerd enjoyment.
1: Yeah. Well don't lose that light and go back to it and try to and if you don't know which one is it right try to find that try to experience different things and allow yourself to experience different things because that's another subject Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to fail because failing is okay Mm -hmm. and we need to learn from failing right like well, like when you fall you fall but then you stand up and, and continue and you learn from that fall you learn that you, that you should not put that banana peel there again <laughs> <laughs> yes um, so be okay with failing and um, try to as you experience life try to identify what you're good at or what what is translating with the people out there that are seeing your work and capitalize on that because sometimes and many times us as artists we got we kind of focus on the negative aspect of things and i would encourage you to look for the positive things what is what is the good thing that you're putting forward and out to the world for others to enjoy and and go for it and go for it and keep learning as you do
0: nice nice yes they say you know success is on the other on the other side of Uh, failure
1: yeah yeah you know failing also will take you to places where where you you realize that maybe that specific thing is not for you Mm -hmm. and you you should move on to something else right with my students i always tell them you're gonna be here if i'm teaching an acting class you're gonna be here i'm gonna teach some tools for you that doesn't mean that you probably won't become a a big actor (laughs) Uh, maybe while you do this, you you might understand that you might not be good at this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, the, the biggest thing is attempting to do something and then making that realization for yourself. But not attempting or letting someone else...
1: Dictating, tell you yeah.
0: you can't do it mm-hmm. um, without you even attempting to do it Yeah, that is a no-go but if you attempt it and then you make that realization that it's not for you then that is perfectly fine
1: because mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: it's about the attempt not the regret of the shoulda, woulda, couldas.
1: yeah, yeah yeah, capitalize on <laughs> the positive man yeah. because you know, I keep thinking of us people of color even in the U.S. There's so many things that we grew up. Um, I mean, of course, there are people that have grown in a suburban area and, and, and have money. But mm-hmm. the other majority, <laughs> you know, we've the chip in our minds has been always since we were kids. You got to push. You got to push through. You got to put in the work. You got you to work
0: 10 times harder. Harder.
1: And and that's, you know, it's true. It is true. So that's why I, I'm always telling people capitalize on the positive. Just try to find that because that will give you a north uh, to to go towards. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: cool, cool. So I know you. I mean, you've mentioned it throughout this um, talk, but just want to put it, you know, put a little put it in a, a button as far as the your art in your life. And just art in life. What does that mean to you, and in in your terms, and from your perspective?
1: Well, they're the same for me. (laughs) Life and art—it's is the same. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, like I keep thinking about nature. Going back to what Mm -hmm. we said before, you know, like nature replicates humanity and like it it just replicates itself in some ways and i think that art and life is just so connected because in any art that you that you work with you are having a conversation with the medium and with yourself and like i remember i le- I read this book the art spirit by robert henry mm-hmm. and in this book it's it's he didn't wrote it it was his students who wrote it mm-hmm. so it's a book but it doesn't feel like a book they're just talking about their experiences with this guy and mm-hmm. how he he used to teach things and it was based on once you when you have something that you're let's say you paint a stroke of something mm-hmm. that is telling you something and then from there on you move to the next thing mm-hmm. and then to the next thing and to the next thing and at the end, you were having this back and forward with the medium, and at the end, you have this product that is again the product of this conversation that you had with the medium. So the medium is speaking to you, and you are speaking to the medium. <laughs> so in life, it's the same thing. For me, life is is a piece of art. <laughs> right? Yeah. All of these exchanges are all around us and we're making these conversations all the time. Yeah, because I, I,
0: heard, I heard on another podcast um, the Mindset Mentor podcast he was saying that we are all artists and we paint I, I'm paraphrasing at this point but we, we all paint every day we paint with our how we live our lives we paint mm-hmm. um, the world pretty much how we See the world from our experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, every day. So
1: yeah, <laughs> like when when you're painting, right? You you paint something. You cannot. De- I mean, you can't delete it, right? But just just the fact of honoring what you just did and owning to owning it, mm-hmm. and then learning from that and moving forward. That's for me, life right there. <laughs> yeah. Ah uh, ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> facts,
0: facts. <laughs> um, so so uh, one, one or two more questions I have um, and I appreciate your time uh, appreciate you doing this and so the uh, next question would be uh, how can we stay in touch with you. Like how, like do you have any, I know you said oh, you yeah. have a love hate relationship with, <laughs> with social media, social media <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, do you have anything that where people can follow you on your journey? And stuff yeah. Like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter, I don't use Twitter a lot, but, you know, sometimes I want to get news and and like uh, gossip, <laughs> and I oh, go I in like there. Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm Robbie Arce. That's R-O-B-I-A-R-C-E. And on Facebook, I have my professional professional page. It's called Robbie Arce Theater Maker, and there you can see more of my work. And also on Instagram, you'll see more of my my work overall, but also my mask work that I create. Um, yeah, everything is there. I create Vejigante mask, and a Puerto Rican folkloric mask, and I also create character mask, comedia mask. So all of my work, I try to put it in there, even though, again, I'm, <laughs> I am have that love-hate because, you know, I don't want to be, like, sometimes I'm like, I want to get out of this because it just takes so much time from me getting in there because it's a, it's a rabbit hole. You oh, get in there man. and then suddenly you just, yeah. and suddenly, oh my God, it's been half an hour. I could have done. I
0: just had that today, like posting a video, (laughs) like posting something. I was like trying to, you know, edit it and stuff on the phone and stuff like that. Going down in the rabbit hole, didn't even do what I was Uh supposed to do, just to do that, just to put up a a post that probably won't even hit, like it won't even slap, like it was supposed to in the first place. Correct. (laughs) In my mind, so correct. Correct. So I definitely feel that.
1: Yeah, and then on the other side, I'm like, well, but I need to advertise my work, mm-hmm. right? If I'm making masks, people need yeah. to see it if they want to buy, so. And
0: it's that thing about, yeah, constantly got to evolve, you know. You got to, you know, <laughs> ride the wave or get left behind. Yeah. It's pretty much, but, you know, just finding that balance, mm-hmm. um, I think, is, is key. But um, I wanted to ask you something before, and mm-hmm. it just was triggered again. Because, like I said, you're Puerto Rican. My friends Puerto Rican. I have some, you know, familiar familiarity with yeah. the food. Um <laughs> so what what what's your uh, what's your top top foods or meal or
1: Puerto meals? Rican food. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Mofongo needs to be up there. Mofongo I don't
0: think I've had what? Mofongo. What
1: is it? what is that again? Okay, I'll invite you home <laughs> before you graduate so you can yes. have Mofongo is uh, ripe not ripe, ripe. It's, no, no, it's not ripe. It's green, green plantains. You, um, it's like mashed, mashed okay. pl- green plantains. I probably
0: have had it. I, I, I feel like I, I don't see why I wouldn't have it, but yeah. Jose, if you listen, let me know. I, let me know <laughs> if I, if I had
1: this. Take care of your friend, <laughs> yeah. Jose. What's I, going on? I've, I've
0: had pastelitos, pasteles, pasteles you know, yeah. um, you know, the, Aro- uh, rice ro- with, of, with beans. Of course, rocunadule. you know I've had, I've had the, the, the um for thanksgiving like um uh, my friend's mom was who's, who's who i call my second mom uh she she makes like the stew turkey in the oh in, yeah in, yeah, yeah. The, um and then oh the the dessert the um with the coconut the g the agave the, the the um It's like gave, but like the little sandwich things, like bread with the gave Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. uh, Mezcla. We call it uh, sandwichito de mezcla. Little sandwiches with that mix that is kind of orangey. Dumb (laughs) joints. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Mofongo with with shrimps Mm -hmm. and pulpo, uh, Octopus. Okay, I, oh. nah, I definitely haven't had that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna yeah definitely to invite you over. Get okay, take in take yeah, care yeah. of you. <laughs> cool,
0: cool. Appreciate it, Roby. Roby, Roby, Roby. Yeah, roll thank, the R.
1: Roby, thank you so much for uh, putting this together. I've had a lot of fun, and yeah, just yeah. it's a good
0: closing of the week. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, last question for you. Um, you mentioned it earlier, uh, but you know I like to late you know ask it at the end. When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to look
1: like? Oh. Well, I would like my legacy to look like where there's people that I've impacted uh, with theater companies doing work out there that's evocative and, and work that is, yeah, evocative, provocative, based on collaboration. Um yeah, I think that's that that will be my my legacy and that people remember when when they remember me they they smile. <laughs> hey, that's
0: all you can ask for right
1: there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why not?
1: You
0: know? Um thank you guys for joining me on another episode of Art is Life, and I'll leave you like I always do. Peace, love, and blessings.